I would like to record a podcast. All right. Roll for charisma. Okay. Shit. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Pixel Radio Commentary. I am Zach. I'm Carlo. I'm Evelyn. I'm Christine. Yeah, so... No, you, you rolled a one. You're a bugbear now. <laughs> it's true. You're... I, no, I mean, yeah, bugbears do have worse charisma. the bugbear. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. It maybe. could definitely be worse. All right, so yeah, we haven't talked in a while about what we've all been playing, so I feel like we need to like actually get into that. Like, so the last few podcasts, we've had so much shit to talk about, we haven't been able to talk about what we've actually been playing. So I feel like I shouldn't even bother answering this question. Ah, that's fine. The gotcha runs through my blood strong. <laughs> Carlo, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I haven't. Okay, I have been playing a lot of gotcha games because that's a sad, sad thing. Um, but. Uh, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends, which I guess is also a gotcha game because it has loot boxes. Yeah, a little bit. So apparently I'm just addicted to gotcha. <laughs> uh, and Final Fantasy XIV, which also has some randomness in it, so I guess it's also a gotcha game. Um, what isn't All a gotcha game? All games are gotcha games. Oh, yes, games with our gotcha games. Uh, the one game I have been playing is that is the opposite of a gotcha game and punishes you for everything in it everything is in fact your fault because you are a bad player and you are bad at this game uh is Sekiro Shadows Dice Twice the new from software uh IP that shit's hard yeah i mean that's what from Sof- software do they make games that are real it, hard it is punishing it is completely fair is it, it? yeah it actually <laughs> is uh, a lot of, like every single time like i fuck up it's definitely me getting way too cocky or way too like ahead of myself and like not actually being patient and reading attack patterns i feel like that's the key with any hard game is being like okay i can feel myself learning i can feel myself figuring out how to do this there's a level of patience that comes with the dark souls games or like all the Soulsborne games that you don't typically get like it's like and in other games that that is it's just like very methodical in a way Hmm. yeah so i've heard there's definitely a lot of effort put into just like your movement and how it really forces you to take every situation differently which is is unusual for a soulsborne game they got rid of stamina Hmm. which is the crazy thing and they replaced it with this thing called posture and it's like if you have a higher posture than your enemy then, like, you will do more damage to them. Like, or they, yeah, if they have a higher posture than you, like a bar that's filled more, they will get more, they will see more damage and they're more vulnerable. And basically, it's a lot of a, about overpowering your enemies very quickly in order to get a killing blow in. Okay. Hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, and basically, like, parrying increases, like, the amount of posture damage by a significant amount. You know, you can do things like dodging. It is a very much more mobile game. And you don't roll anymore. So it's, like, very much less a. Souls game. It, if you, it plays a lot differently, but it still feels like a From Software game. Like, the lore stuff is still there. The, like, you know, the kind of sort of, like, it looks like a Souls game. It's like hmm. the UI has not changed since, like, Demon Souls. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that, they know, they, they haven't really bothered changing their I mean, UI there's no in a reason, I guess. But... Yeah, it's a fine UI. Yeah. Evelyn, I'm sorry you are in the way, so you can at least talk about Pokemon Go for a little bit longer if you want to. Yay! <laughs> it was Community Go. Day, right? It was Community Day yesterday. I it was a I know that. because we were talking about it yesterday. It's besides the point. <laughs> and earlier today, and every day of my life. Seriously. Um, yeah, so they did an interesting thing this time where usually Community Day is from 11 to 2. They did it from 3 to 6, which is the first time they've ever done that. Yeah, um, I was very confused. I thought I missed it, and then I was like, "Oh, wait." Wait, so it's three. like a t- it's like a time span in a day. Yeah, three hours once a month. Yeah, they apparently did that to make it more consistent between all regions, so everything starts at three uh, p.m. 
So it'll be interesting to see. They move it around and change their minds about this kind of thing all the time. And they have too many goddamn events. There's another big event next weekend and I'm going to be out of town. And if I don't get... I mean, event fatigue. Event fatigue. Yeah, I'm getting there, honestly. Like, I love this game and I play it significantly more how? than any human being should play a mobile game uh how often are uh how often are the events like is like, there actually one every week not no, no. like every two community weeks about like every month- two weeks okay yeah that, community like, day is like monthly and then another thing yeah they usually will do community day once a month and then they'll do That's they'll have some other kind of event normal rate of events for a gotcha game yeah for sure it's just i want to do other stuff with my weekend sometimes okay <laughs> no <laughs> Play the gotcha. And it has to be Pokemon all day. Every Pokemon day. is now all in life, which Detective Pikachu is coming out soon, so I'm sure yeah, they'll do some you sort know, of promo for that. We didn't I know, need we to have to watch that. I still haven't even been able to watch the trailer. It's too uncanny valley for me. See, we'll force you to go watch the whole thing in person. <laughs> Danny oh, DeVito no. should have been Pikachu. Oh, that would have been so funny. Did you hear about that? No. Danny DeVito was they like wanted... apparently one of the people they were considering to do voice Pikachu. Boy, that would be a really weird. It would be also I. Now that I've seen enough, always sunny. I'd be like, You'd be, I'd be you couldn't, couldn't stop laughing. I would just be waiting for him to like pull out a gun for like Russian roulette or something like that, or Pikachu has a gun, or just like, would you like an egg in this trying time? Because <laughs> Danny DeVito, I like. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah, I've been playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Christine, what have you been up to? Lots and lots of co-op things. That's pretty much all the type of stuff I play anymore. So I've been doing lots of co-op Terraria lately. I've been hard mode, blood moons, all sorts of fun things there. Pirate ships. Um, Also have been playing Stardew Valley co-op remotely. And that, I want to uh, kill the people playing with me when they go mining and I'm trying to fish for them because it Mm -hmm. messes up my fishing cadence and I can't catch anything. You can do Stardew Valley co-op. I didn't even know. Yeah. Oh, it's actually, it's actually really, yeah, I love it. Oh, I, I just didn't even know. Wait, yeah. wait, so why does it mess up your cadence? Oh, so so basically, um, when you're in the dungeons, there's too many, like, monsters generating. Yeah. So it actually, like, bugs, like, there's... Oh, yeah. so you're saying... So there's actually... A, there's a limit on the amount of monsters that can spawn any period, and fish and, are part of that list? Well, no, no. It's because you have so many things trying to deal with, like, in-dungeon effects yeah. that it basically starts, you know, pausing time elsewhere because it just cannot handle it. Oh, because it can't sink it properly. Yeah. So it sucks that you're trying to go fishing at the same time. Fishing's mm. arguably the hardest thing in that game. Um, Yeah, which is why By I end up doing it and then other people go fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then also... uh should trap them on the farm they can't leave until you're done fishing yeah <laughs> but uh on the tabletop front though because i don't really talk about that as much um i've been doing a long term like a couple long-term campaigns first i've been playing betrayal at the house on the hill uh but specifically the legacy version so mm. i'm like about uh a third of the way i think through the total like 13 chapters and that's been really really fun and morbid and then also the thing that i've been completely obsessed with has been my dungeons and dragons campaign and i love it <laughs> yeah fair See, enough that's my life <laughs> yeah totally get the that crotchety old man in me is like if it's not 3.5 it's not true <laughs> i mean that was my previous campaign if it's not a D D 2.0 it's not true, D and D. If Gary uh, Gygax didn't write this down on a piece of notebook paper, it's not. No, okay, I'm done. I, I've never played D and D, and I know that seriously hurts my nerd cred, but it's just it's never happened. It's really hard to get into it sometimes. Like, there's a lot, and getting a good DM is difficult. It, getting a good ge- DM makes or breaks your D and D campaign. Yeah, yes. I believe it. If you have a good DM, cling to them. <laughs> yeah, but man, being a DM so much work. Yeah, oh, I know, which is why you thank your DM, you know, profusely and be like, you are wonderful, and then you encourage them. Except <laughs> except, I'm, like, one of the people that always destroys my DM's plans, like, the first <laughs> second it happens. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you really do have a good DM, then that's not a problem because they're adaptable, yeah. and you can't destroy anything. But if when, it... when you go ahead and you're in the final battle and you destroy all poss- of, all of the six of the possible endings that they had determined and have picked a seventh option <laughs> yeah that seems like fun they 
they might get a little mad at you. Yeah, I could yeah, imagine. Yeah, we've had that happen a few times where it's like we did something completely different they than he was expecting. They didn't think I was going to kill her. Well, well. Well, they don't know you very well then. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I want to quickly uh, brag a little bit about what slash complain about what I've been doing in gaming world. Yes. I'm on a B-side run in Celeste, so I'm trying to beat all the B-sides before the the final chapter comes out because supposedly that's harder than any of the b-sides maybe harder than some of the c-sides which i'd really like to beat that chapter when it does come out so i'm trying to you know you know you're gonna beat the c-sides at some point i don't think so you're gonna be you i don't know you'll, zach, you'll become the new obsession zach is now a professional celeste streamer that's not true <laughs> uh you can you know, streaming on wednesday i have <laughs> died so many times i went from so i in my file, I had, I think, something like, you know, 6,000 deaths from a couple runs through the game. And then I got in, maybe 5,000. And then I got into the B-sides. And right now, I'm up to about 12,000 deaths. So, Woo. they're hard. It's they're wide. They're really hard. But, you know, it is so satisfying when you beat them. So, I, I wanted to brag a little bit, but the other game that I've been playing is called Wargroove, and that is an indie game. It's on Switch and PC, I believe, uh, and it's basically a fantasy Advance Wars. And so if, if you are into Advance Wars, I think you'd be really excited looking at this game. It's got, you know, your different unit types. It's got very much that kind of turn-based strategy element to it, very retro feel, good music, um, you know, well done animations, very charming, uh, charming presentation. So like a good story's decent. Story's decent. I mean, it's very fantasy trope story. Uh, but you know, it's it's a it's charming. All the the stuff in it is very, you know, very lighthearted and fun. Like, there's one of your commanders is a dog named Caesar, whose whole thing is just he's just a very good boy. Like, that's the whole thing. Which I'll admit, it feels a little bit pandery at times. But you know, it is dog lovers that is the kind of thing where it's very much that now that said i don't the game hasn't spoken to me as much as i would have liked it to i and i this is we have talked a number of times about how much we like to see numbers go up and oh, yes it is wargroove <laughs> is a game that so desperately needs an upgrade mechanic it needs oh. It needs some variety. It doesn't need like a full skill tree. It doesn't need anything like that. But it's one of these things where, like in like unit progression is what you're looking for. Yes, it's a. I mean, it's a pretty hard game. Uh, like it and a, the games take a while. Like the AI is actually pretty damn good. So usually each m match of Wargroove, uh, in I mean you can do multiplayer and that'd be a little different. But you could for for the campaign, the AI is pretty good, and so each one takes about 45 minutes. There is a way to quick restart, but there's not a way to go back, and it's oh, a thing where it's just like, no. it can be really frustrating when you do one thing wrong strategy-wise, and you've lost. Like there's, And it's the kind of thing where you know you've lost, and you have to go back to the very beginning. And you'll learn more, and that's great, but it's just like... But it hurts. Ugh, I just spent 20 minutes on that just to get to this point, and now I have to do 20 minutes more just to get to the next point, and it's very frustrating. Especially There's... with the amount of time investment between each of those. Yep. Is a, it's like, like, I get frustrated playing Sekiro, and I'm maybe two minutes of gameplay between my deaths, and I want to fucking throw my controller at the wall. Yeah, the... the... This penalty, is, that's ridiculous. The for penalty minutes. for failure is pretty high for a for like the game being. It's not like a really hard. It's not like a Celeste game, or it's not like a Sekiro or From Software. But it's it's a hard enough game, and the penalty for failure is high enough that it's like. Does it, it have Cuphead syndrome? Um, like hmm. is it cutesy enough in a way that like you didn't expect how punishing it could be kind of i think it, it like the fact that everything is so lighthearted. like even cuphead like has a lot of that kind of 30s where it's like it has, this a, is just... it has a second level of darkness yeah it's like there's a lot it, of right? fucked up shit in cuphead whereas this is not that it's everything is so lighthearted in presentation everything is so like you know kind of happy-go-lucky in a lot of ways i mean you know like stuff happens but it's it's very much like mm. a 
and and that sort of doesn't jive with it at all. Like I kind of want something that's just a little bit more chill. I did turn down the difficulty, which meant that I couldn't get all the stars. That's changed now. They they changed that in the most recent update. Um, but also, this is where the upgrade mechanic comes in. The stars don't actually mean anything. Like, there's not any purpose to them, as far as I can tell, other than just saying, I got stars for it. Like, it's a three-star thing. It's like the vaguely mobile game. Like, almost like Overcooked-esque. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Only... And you need I only think, with like, only with like no reason to actually get all three stars for every single thing. Yeah, and it's a thing where like I would be super. It would be really nice if you could just do a thing of like, okay, you've got this many stars that you can spend on upgrade points. Like you could be like, oh, your units now move fifteen percent further or something like that, or your hero now does has this extra skill or something like that, and then that would be really nice because you'd feel like not only are like you'd feel like you're getting better at the game whereas every level i do end up still feeling like man i'm not getting better at this i'm not learning because and there's no way to learn because always like you can't plan ahead for stuff like there will be points in a campaign match where it's just like oh yeah and then like you're doing well everything's going great oh but then this other enemy force came out of nowhere and you have no clue when that's going to happen. You have no clue when where they're going to come from. It's so there's different every time. Yeah. Well, okay. no. I mean, like, well, like, but you have to restart in order to because if you've messed up, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. Restart. So there's no way to really plan for it, and there's no. And I get they're trying to like shake you up, so you have to make plans on the fly. But when the penalty for failure is as time consuming as it is, it's just it's more frustrating than it is like. Difficult. It's a lot more frustrating. It is, I will say, a great plane game, though. Like, if you're wanting a game to play on a plane, it works really well for that. But time, I time I don't really want to, to play it that at, long. at yeah. home. I don't want to play it at home. I, there's other games I want to get into. So I like it. If you like Advance Wars, it may speak to you a lot more than it speaks to me, but it it hasn't really captured me. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot there is one game that I... I've been playing that I don't really what? want. I don't really want to talk about it because I'm. So moving on then, I guess. Most disappointing <laughs> game of 2019. Uh-oh. Uh oh. There's still a lot of 2019 left. Yeah, though. I was gonna say. I think you have a lot of disappointments in your future. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 is pretty fucking disappointing. This is what I hear. I hear it's not that good. It's not that good. Yeah. It's really not that good. I'm sorry. I know this. This is a hard time for you. It is. Uh, yeah, that game's not that great. Did you finish it? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm very bad at finishing games. Let's be honest. <laughs> but, like, it doesn't, like, make you want to finish it. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much. But I, I, I want to. And, like, the like, the Disney parts are the worst parts about that game. They're, they're kind of, they're slightly awkward for them. It, but I, it like, is, I love Disney. Well, like, I, wa- I went back and watched Kingdom Hearts 2 stuff. Yeah. The dialogue is not as tilted and disjointed and as it doesn't make me want to throw my controller at the screen like like in i don't know there's something about kingdom hearts 3 where the dialogue it this was like in mass effect andromeda 2 mm-hmm. the dialogue is just like i guess wasn't recorded at the same time mm-hmm. because like people would just be like it's like hey mickey oh hey over there that oh man, that is that's such a common thing in also you know games where the the localization team I feel like they didn't have enough time to do anything about it because like the line in Japanese let's say might have been a much longer line but in English it's two words so it's just like in yeah that said yeah. I feel like in general Japanese is more condensed of the language it's fair. It depends on how formal and you're going. Yeah, right, but, but with, like, yeah. contextual stuff. And a lot of the dialogue in these video games should be pretty short. Oh, yeah. It's very anime-esque. But it's not. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like they, all the people they got in to record the English lines were, like, not... And maybe this is the difference between, like, Japanese and English voice recording, and maybe mm-hmm. that's a real complaint. But, like, the Disney stuff was not... Like, the Toy Story stuff was pretty good, but... Mm-hmm. The pirate stuff was like really mad. It had this like crazy open world thing. It was like every, yeah. it's like every single world felt like they had its own development team that was not paying attention to what the other teams were I doing. I mean, they, they might have, especially with how many worlds there are. Yeah. But I mean, my favorite part about when I was playing the game was still 
the ratatouille cooking thing because it reminded me of cooking mama which made me very very happy yeah but like <laughs> it's like cooking mama if when you were if you were controlling a normal cooking mama game yeah but you had like your elbow only to control the cooking mama game i mean mostly what i really want is cooking mama i want i mean I, if you could get me a full, if you could get me like a full-on cooking mama ratatouille game i'm in me too i this, would play this the bullshit shit is like that. it's like oh you gotta spin the circle oh you're too slow no way to practice. I mean, that's... Good job wasting your items. Oh, yeah, true, because, yeah, Cookie Mama would actually let you practice these skills instead of having to make you use your items. Mm. Like, and, and it's just, like, the the, yeah. the sensitivity of it and the Winnie the Pooh stuff was, like, terrible. Ugh. I'm sorry, Carlo. Yeah, I'm just... Don't want to talk At about it. This is yeah. beautiful. <laughs> 2.8 was more beautiful. <laughs> All right, so moving to our main topic for today, uh, Christine. This is sort Hi. of especially your baby, so I think uh, board yeah, games. You get into it. So we almost never get to talk about board games on this podcast. We mostly talk about uh, you know digital games, but I really digital board games. <laughs> there are also digital board Man, games. Man, Mario Party sucks. <laughs> Carlo's going to be saying I, that a lot uh, today. Here's the mini take games. Carlo. <laughs> the mini games, though, I love the mini games. Yeah, I go play Pokemon Stadium or something. Aww. I would need a new one. All right. <laughs> yes, continue. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I guess just want to talk about, you know, maybe some of our favorite uh, board games and like ones we play more recently. Like I was mentioning earlier how, well, uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons is not as much a board game as just tabletop magic, but... Um, it's a table, it's like basically a tabletop, you know, video game. I mean, yeah, you're, but like you're also closest, creating it yourself yeah. with like a bunch of other people and creating a story. It's it's like it's like probably the closest thing do you get to like the modern day RPGs of the world. Like, I mean, there have been a lot of, I guess there have been a lot of games that have been based off D and D, right? Oh yeah. So it's not it's not like the two worlds, video games and D and D. I think they're actually pr- way closer than most people really think they are. Yeah, but there's also a lot more customization options yeah. really available, yeah. um, which is so great. Plus, also, you can speak in silly accents to, you know, hmm. role play. You can do that in video games. <laughs> d- d- how often do you speak in silly accents while you're playing the game? You know, when I'm by myself. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about this. We, uh, yeah. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> no, but like, like, like things like you know, strength, intelligence, charisma, wisdom, dexterity. Like people still min max. It's it's D and D. Like yeah. at, at its core, like some of like so I think some of the most famous monsters in video games, right, are actually based off D and D characters. Yeah, I mean, like D and D monster. I, I'm manuals. not a bugbear though. But I really like y- goblins now. You are a bugbear. You rolled. <laughs> no. You rolled at the beginning no, of this podcast. No, that turned me into a bugbear. <laughs> you are a bugbear with an intelligence of eighteen. <laughs> that that makes no sense. It's because you transformed. Like you keep your you keep your mental stats. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'm not gonna do spoilers for Critical Role. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving away from that a little bit. Yeah. yeah so what we're we're gonna just talk a little bit about board games. Try some. Then a little bit different board talk games, about tabletop that top in general yeah like, talk a little bit about like you know what board games feel like video games what fe- video games feel like board games what board games we like you know just try and I mean, really get into it some there's also a ton of like board games that have digital versions as well yeah uh which can be nice uh like usually they're not quite as satisfying but it's nice because if your friends are tired of you wanting to play splendor all the time then you can <laughs> keep playing yeah y- you shouldn't be playing splendor all the time i love splendor <laughs> Uh, I, it's just I don't know why I just really like it. I also like Coup, but Coup you have to play with oh, people. Oh, yeah, all right, I'm I'm in now. Coup's I'm fun. in. Coup's Coup's my game. I I do far too well in Coup, which I, I it's per- weird. Which one do you like better the uh the sec the like the Kickstarter second version or like the original? I mean, so I I have like the the G twenty four whatever fifty four. I don't remember the number. Um, yeah. I actually kind of like sometimes the simplicity for just doing. Who itself, like bigger, the original? Yeah, for like a bigger group is when I found that to work better. Yeah. But oh my gosh, I love I love the what's it in the in the new version that what's that one card? The card where so you, many. The card you could like basically slide over when and you get a new card. Oh yeah. Oh oh oh. Well, oh gosh, it's like it's that, like I'm, not ambassador because that's from base game. But I keep thinking peacekeeper, but that's Apex Legend. Yeah. Aww. So. <laughs> yeah, the titles in our heads have mixed up. Um, I think 
the thing that always frustrates me about like games that have those expansion type things is it's a uh, very like the cognitive load of just like setting up and making the ch decisions of like which ones do we want to choose to make it the most fun actually kind of bugs me and detracts me from it that's also part of why i don't like playing dominion as much oh really yeah like i don't like the setup so it's <laughs> like the thing i appreciate about dominion is that the more boxes you get like there are like online services that will like build you um compatible deck sets see but making the decision of which of the deck sets is that the problem for me but like, like i like when i'm actually playing it yeah. i love it but i mean i guess like i just <laughs> i just like basically select all the deck sets that are available to us at the time yeah hit random and then like once you're done then you maybe i should do that but then you you leave it up to the dice gods it's the gotcha it comes back i mean deck building is really fun like no deck building is like uh, great I, I mean, yeah, but for, like, Ku, though, I mean, that's not deck building, but, like, I just love just, like, the elements of, like, deceit and then also reading people and then also playing it just enough so that way you screw everyone over. Yeah. And <laughs> I would even say that you, you we actually now start to see a lot of those, like, tabletop games. Like, I mean, we all, we've all played Mafia here, right, to some degree. Yeah. Um, like Werewolf, I think, was one of the more modern iterations of that, right? Yeah. Um, but then, like, recently I found out there's, like, a f online, like, Flash game called Town of Salem. Oh. Yeah. And it's, like, it's, like, 100% Mafia online. And it's, like, you basically get, like, like, you have this whole thing where it's, like, Town of Salem and you have, like, you know, a set of everybody. It's, like, in their circle, quote, unquote. And, like, mm -hmm. you have sheriffs, right? And then you have, like, people that are trying to kill people. So is like this... Like, the multiple factions that you would normally have in, like, a mafia or Is this multiplayer? Game. Yeah. It's 100% multiplayer. Yeah. So, I mean, so it sounds like a fancy... I, I actually used to, like, play a version of Mafia, like, yeah. all the time, like, via um, chat boards. Yeah. <laughs> like, for many, many years. I very much like the game. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's, like, crazy. Like, they made a game. I think it's out. They've released a Steam client now, uh -huh. which is crazy. Um, but it's like 100% like if you die you get to like leave a note on your like death body right which then could say different things right to get you know people to think different ways yeah like one of the things for when I was playing the the chat board version would we be allowed to like um, send like anonymous like gifts to people occasionally yeah, I, to give a I hint think, I think town of Salem has something like that where you yeah. like, certain characters have powers where you can send information to other characters or some crazy thing oh yeah like and that. you you only do it so much and also yeah. you don't usually know because you, you can't like reveal if you're the person who gets all the information about you know like the hints because then you'll get targeted and things like that it's so but I, yeah, it's, yeah it's like crazy how like people have been able to take some of these like tabletop games right and like translate them over but like it doesn't necessarily work all the time in my opinion, right? Oh no, not I think definitely not. Like like Dominion Online kind of sucks. So Catan on mobile also kind of sucks. Yeah, but, but Catan like, in real life means you yeah. end friendships. <laughs> and well, it's great. I mean so does Mario Party, but Well <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I get uh, never mind, I get really angry at both of them. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But one thing I haven't actually like done, haven't had much experience in. I want to know if anybody else here has had. But has anyone tried the sort of like online video game, like virtual desktop, like virtual role play games that you see on Steam or like Roll Twenty? I mean, like I have not. The, I I play a variety of games with one specific friend group, mm -hmm. but I mean that's the group I play Terraria with and yeah. like other things. We're actually doing a uh, remote uh, one shot D and D campaign on Monday. Yeah, so it's a little bit different, but we've discussed those things extensively because of the nature of our friend group. Like, yeah, because like I've I've run into it too, where a lot of times I can't be in a physical space as my as a group, and it's like you know there are online services now that let you play with other people online and like you can set up your maps the normally like a dnd yeah. map like you normally would and everything and it, it's kind of crazy tabletop simulator for other well actually oh, yeah, for tabletop that too. Simulator. that's what i was actually thinking yeah it's like that's the most famous one i'd say um yeah it's like a full-on like game virtual environment right and you can actually like buy like the digital version of the game so you can like actually have like oh components so it's like just like wizards release their like release like a um, play set of sorts i don't remember if wizards has it on there i know it's, there's a version of zombicide you can actually get on it which is interesting too since that was a very intense game at times <laughs> um but yeah i 
I actually will have to speak more to the the remote uh, Dungeons Dragons experience soon. I know it's a, right. another one of those like hit and miss things. Like if you're trying to get to a group that you don't already know. Yeah. And for this one, it'll also be interesting since um, only me and our DM have ever played before, and our DM has never DM'd before for the one shot. So that's also gonna be a whole other um, thing. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Have um, fun with that. <laughs> I, I I will. I can report back. But um. I, if you have other people you can talk to there's also like a you know a subreddit called like the you know D behind the screen which also gives lot, lots of tips and information about how you can like share that information and do cool shit <laughs> yeah like the the you know all power to the dms out there uh i know how you feel <laughs> it's a lot of work like have you ever dms yeah, I've DM'd. You have? Yeah. How did I not know that? I used to DM uh, back when I was back in like middle school, high school. Ah, so right before I knew you. Yeah, <laughs> way a little right before I knew you. Um, it's it's hard, and like I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those DMs that can only really work with the physical book. Mm. Uh, it, it's an expensive hobby. I mean, yeah. So D and D Beyond is actually pretty helpful. Like, it's been really easy to make a character and make it less overwhelming than it typically would be. Because if you're for new players, oftentimes it's like the overwhelming of like, what do I choose? What's good and everything, and that's hard. So if you have like the right resources, you can point to people. Uh, that especially if it's things like that where it's like it can auto calculate yeah. what your stats are and things like that. There, there are a lot of like helpful tools, especially for new players, but like. I feel if I'm ever going to, like, do a campaign again, it's yeah. going to be, like, a rough, old-school, like... Are you going to do Pathfinder? Yeah, I do uh, Pathfinder. 5e is actually pretty nice. But, like, I want I want more dice rolls. <laughs> Just make them roll more. I, I actually kind of annoy everyone in my party with how much I roll because I'm, like... We're doing a dungeon dive right now, and yeah. I'm basically like, check for secret doors, check for, like, traps everything and then our dm has just given up and just has me uh roll once and then occasionally makes me re-roll <laughs> so moving away from dungeon dragons i'm sorry Never. to sort of get that but uh yeah so i, I wanted to the talk foundation about just of all gaming <laughs> yeah hey, this wasn't even me diving into the hole is i do want to <laughs> i do want to come back to sort of more of the the board game structure you talked a little bit about things like katana and stuff like that mm -hmm. what and I, i've talked to you about this christine before where i tend to not really like those kind of games because mm -hmm. they they take a long time yep and i i whenever i'm playing a board game i like the kind of thing where it's just like relatively quick kind of like boom boom done you know like we've thank you for introducing to sushi go party for example that's a great yeah. example of just like or like monopoly deal instead of a uh, actual monopoly well actual monopoly is a pain yeah, no, I actually... It, it's the kind of thing where I like that because it's, A, if you lose, big deal. It was yeah. only, like, y you can do another one immediately. Or if people are, are starting to feel like, yeah, I want to do something different, then it's like, all right, well, let's do, you know, two or three rounds of this, and then you're you're done. It's not like, well, we're an hour into this game of Ticket to Ride, so we better, we yeah. better finish it. Yeah, so I... Yeah game board games are like of the varying lengths are very interesting since yeah you have a wide range like sushi go party is very much a very good like casual one it's also kind of if well you probably wouldn't want to bring the full party version if you were going to a convention but it's like just very convenient and like you said quick you can kind of like choose like the amount you it's want to do it's a very simple game to explain yeah I, i've never they're had not, issues they're teaching not layering people mechanics it. like a lot of like there's some board games that have like layering rpg mechanics and stuff like that and that those you know, as you start to add more things on, right, it gets longer and longer, and then eventually you get to, like, Twilight Imperium. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I actually tend to avoid certain games just because, like, it takes too long to, like, learn, or it's, like, a it's a huge commitment. Yeah. I actually do like Splendor because it's slightly longer than Sushi Go Party, but also it I've never had issues teaching people how to play it very quickly. And you can still plan a time. So I don't care. I'm not bored though. You don't have to play it with me. Like I just like I just yeah. It's just like very much like oh like this again. It's I it, it's like when you play an, a game enough, right? Like you kind of get tired. It's like I feel like I'm with that with Machi Koro now. Uh, well, yeah. Also, that you know, 
friend group has very very obsessed with yeah well i mean like i well there's like one of them yes (laughs) the rest of us (laughs) are acquiesce but Uh, i mean that that can all that one actually can be a good game for people who are new to it yeah yeah i think i think for like uh, those are like a lot of like very good sort of new new games right yeah but like and like they have to be relatively quick in order to kind of get people that aren't necessarily the hardcore board game you know enthusiasts to play them right yeah so i'm, I'm gonna oh. ask a question to you guys really quick then because yeah. you're talking about like oh yeah what i like about this is like oh yeah it's it's easy to to teach and this game's easy to teach so mm-hmm. what about it makes it easy to teach and what about it makes it easy to learn so uh usually for easy to teach or learn is basically you have like you know key like only like a few like key actions you can do so for instance in coup you you know you have a couple cards and you can basically you know collect money uh you know check someone else's card try to kill someone try to coup someone you have like a card with like those five things written on it so you can refer to it quickly um and also you know it's short enough too that you can do a practice round it's not that big of a deal um, I, I'd also say if the turns themselves are relatively um, static is not the right word I'm mm-hmm. thinking of, but like like it tends to be the same turn, right? Yeah, like, it's repetitive. Like, like you, you, learn, have, you have a very yeah. like you can kind of watch other people play. You know exactly like okay, first you do this, then you do this, then you do this, or like you pick one of the actions and everyone does that. Like games that get a little bit more complicated or are harder to teach are where you have like decision trees in the middle of a turn. Yeah, actually, yeah. So in general, the more yeah repetitive and how you can mimic other people can be really yeah, really helpful. If, if, yeah, and if your strategy mostly focus on the actions that you're taking rather than trying to kind of play on what other people are doing, like there there are certain games that I think are deceptively complex, but mm-hmm. like once you play a round of it, people get them really quickly. Uh, an example of this personally i think is like seven wonders oh yeah it's like it's like basically like sushi go on steroids but if you kind of understand how sushi go works you can pick up seven wonders very very quickly i think yeah i mean that's kind of so also we're kind of referring to a lot of like the the deck building like yeah. uh draft style games too i actually think in general people learn those very easily well it's it's what i'm thinking about with a lot of them as well as the turns are fast on yeah. A lot of yeah. Them. It's like, it's the kind of thing where, you know, e- even if it's a more complicated game where you're having to like plan out several moves ahead, <clears throat> excuse me, several moves ahead or something like that, if the turn is relatively fast, like, okay, I can do this thing. And each turn, like, there are games that I've played where the turns, like, one person, you can lose track of what they're doing because there's so much stuff that they have to do in order to get to the end of their turn. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just exhausting. And then you're also waiting around being bored between turns. You need to have just enough engagement that you can be, like, actively involved without getting bored. But that that also might not necessarily even just be, like, the length of a turn, but, like, kind of the amount of turns in a game. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Like, I've found a lot of games that have that sort of, sort of, like, artificial end, that, like, they, it ends really quickly, kind of, you know... That adds like an sometimes it adds an undue layer of stress. Sometimes it does like it does like weird things to that. But at the same time, I think it kind of sets a limit on what's going on in the game, and you, it becomes much easier to understand. You're not like trying to remember what happened seven turns ago. That it might be relevant information to me now, right? And on the flip side, you have something like Mario Party fifty turns, which lasts like eight hours. Even the shores version is still like an hour. Like, well, that's why I just like the I mostly just like the mini games really for Mario Party, which is literally just going into you're a game, not a board well, game. It, what's interesting as well with Mario Party, I, I was sort of saying, I don't think Mario Party feels like a board game. Like I would say something like Overcooked feels way more like a board game to me than Mario Party does, which is weird. But just like I would I get say, that, I would say like the reason Overcooked for because I I was about to say Overcooked before for some reason, uh-huh. and I started thinking about like it's not a fucking no. It feels like it, but though. like the the map feels like fucking shoots and ladders. I don't yeah. know why, but that's like the first like Candyland. It just looks like Candyland, and I know like all you do in Candyland is you go down the fucking path and you end at the end, and that's it, <laughs> right? Like that's all it is. I mean, yeah, and so yeah, and I think also Overcooked is interesting because it's like I mean, 
I, I think part of what's happening with Overcooked is that you cannot play Overcooked without talking to each other. You can't. Yeah. So it, it's that it's that kind of interaction that you get more more commonly in board games. I think that's sort of where you get the feeling of like the the multiple people playing it. Yeah, right? and yeah. you get the you have you cannot play the game otherwise. It will be just a nightmare. Whereas something like Mario Party, you could totally play Mario Party without talking to anyone. I mean, there's other Could you play Overcooked with bots? Probably. Like there are no bots built into the game, right? I don't think that you could. I don't think so. I mean, could it, uh, you could probably can, do simple versions. Like, can an AI speedrun overcooked faster than a human team? But I mean, I mean probably, uh, probably because yeah. they can be aware of what oh, the yeah. other is doing. And but once you have a person in there, the AI can't read your thoughts, and it's like, and you can't read the now. AI. Yeah. All right, can a team of two human players beat a, t- a player, one human player, and one AI? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think that having to play with an AI would be very hard in that game. Yeah. You know, oh, it's act- super hard to do the one player overcooked if you've ever tried that. It's a nightmare. Google got your next project. You thought you thought AlphaGo was the next shit? No. Overcooked 2. Hit me up. <laughs> so, also actually thinking about uh digital games that are very very much like board games like keep talking and nobody explodes. Sure. Yeah. Like I mean, you have like it's basically like a puzzle room. In it a it sense. feels that game. It doesn't feel a lot like a board game at first, but when you kind of think of like some of those like weirder like mouse trap board games, yeah, right? like or well, like it's also just like with puzzle like more solving complex parts. Yeah, yeah. It's I would say that it is a lot like a board game. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like deceptive how how much like a board game it is. Well, what's interesting to me too is all the games that I it's can, like operation. The games that we <laughs> talked. It's a lot like operation. The games that we've talked about are co-op games too and it's kind of funny to me that like i can't think of a competitive game off the top of my head that really has that feel Mario and i think Party. A, now, honestly but like it's the <laughs> it's the like in-person interaction and communication i can't think of a competitive game that really has that so built in and i'd really like to have that kind of thing but i think. can't think of one uno because <laughs> like because like you have you do have like versus board games, like two player board games, right? Where it's like yeah. one versus another. Yeah, Tsuro, and then you have like, um, like Patchwork. Seven Seven Wonders Duel. Or Duel. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. I, I it's mean, like, I'm trying to think of like what feels like an equivalent there. Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure that there has to be like the single one on one competitive. Because but. then you think, well, if you think about like board games, right? Like, I think maybe that that sort of camaraderie is a factor in a lot of board games, but it's not necessarily ubiquitous. Sure. I mean, you also have like you know very classic examples of things like chess, battleship, yeah, battleship, <laughs> checkers, yeah, Chinese checkers. You're just gonna keep going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I Othello. guess. And you know, with those, then you've got the RTSs of the world. That's as being... what I think. Like, 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 isn't goes basically StarCraft, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of games just like evolve sure, from each I other. I guess. I mean, but like, I just like there were the three most confused faces I've ever seen on this podcast. I don't think I know enough about either Go or Starcraft to, <laughs> to, to be make, able to, to make, make heads nor tails basically. of what the so hell you you're just capturing said. Shit, you're capturing shit from your enemy. TLDR. <laughs> Yeah, n- no, now I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm going to just move right past this because I can't deal with it. Uh, so I, I'm i now I'm just like, all I'm thinking about is just now I want a competitive game. So it's like a versus game that has the same level of communication as an Overcooked. Like something like Overcooked has its 2v2 mode. But I, I wonder if there's something that is like a free-for-all type game that does have that much. Like, I wonder you know, what so you could do with actually, that. Actually, there, there is a mobile game. I don't remember what it's fucking called. But it's like this game called... It's like Subterfuge or something like that. Hmm. Mm. And it's like a multiplayer... So, like... Oh. It's like a crazy multiplayer game where you, like, control submarines and stuff. And, like, it's more... It's less... It's like this... It, there's, like, a bunch of set of rules, but, like a big component of the game is this like chat room where you can talk to the other players. Right. Hmm. And a lot of it is like deception building alliances. And it's like a very simplistic game that is actually played over the course of a whole week huh. that you kind of plan around. 
right? And you can kind of just like pull up your phone and play like, you know, your turnout or whatever. And yeah. it's like a very turn-based thing like that. that and, and like each day, like something happens, right? I mean, so actually, so oh, that, that just makes me think that the only like cooperative, like competitive co-op type thing I can think of is like mafia. But actually, since you don't know or like the types where you're supposed to be hidden and deceiving yeah because you still have to communicate versus in a game where you know what who the enemy is you purposely are trying to hide your intentions it, do, it does kind of feel like getting to this like competitive version of like overcooked communication it's like if it's competitive then like we almost lean towards like you have to do deceitful or you have to lie you have yeah. to like deceive to some degree, right? Which would be, I mean, and that would be but kind it, of... But is that necessary for a game like that? I don't know. I mean, like, in order to force people to be that communicative, maybe? I don't know. I, I'd be like, curious to see what, like, hey, if you're a game designer out there, I'm curious to see what you would do with that. I mean, be, the closest I can yeah. think of is, like, a Jackbox game in terms of, like, competitive but has that kind of feel. But, but in a lot of ways, it's because the Jackbox games are literally just taking straight from a board game that already exists the the weird thing about it though is like that that sort of like yeah it's like i don't know if you if you need that competitiveness or not they're inherent to to to, to like like inherent to get that communication out because like when you typically you know play online games right like isn't like the the normal trope like oh i don't want to talk online because people are fucking assholes i mean yes <laughs> no it, you're not wrong I, I mean like so how yeah i'm, I'm wondering so it's now, like, how could so you like build how, that in? how do you build a mechanic that like not only do you want to talk to other people it's like necessary yeah and people it's, might, but then people might self-select not to play that because of those situations. Yeah. Or only play with certain friend groups. That's something that's very common for me in certain oh. games. I only play those. It, it, it makes yeah. sense now. I know it. Oh. I got it. So a game where you're talking to people, right? It's very much like a game like D and D. It's fucking MMOs. <laughs> that's yeah, but true. those are still you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Final mm. Fantasy fourteen. We brought it back. <laughs> I mean, that's still like uh, more co-opy, but it's like you can choose to come together. No, but there's like or PvP, not. and there's like and like okay. in WoW Loud, you have like the different alliance and the the horde. So really, like the, you know, yeah, I was gonna say something like Siege right, for like true. forcing communication, where you really have to be knowing what your team is doing. Yeah, but it's competitive. But even then, I wonder what you could do with free for all. Uh, it's I time think to bring it back around to Apex because that is a game with really great. Uh, communication built that's in true for... that is actually true where it's not like a necessary part of it but it if you're doing squads yeah yeah they they've really built around that in a way where it's super convenient that game is definitely not board game yeah, so. it's <laughs> no, no it's not but, but, but that is a way of like There's forcing of... communication yeah yeah but, but wow is definitely tabletop sure sure <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm really intrigued by your idea about the the deceit stuff though yeah. and i think that would be a like having that be a part of it would be a great way to get people to like be forced into that communication without it getting yeah. toxic. That's so hard. People just okay. I'm I I'm mean, just it, really biased. It, from no, experiences. It, it, it also depends on like the the size of the community, right? And, yeah, like, the type and of how you're like how I, you're communicating too. What was this one game? It was a game called like Sunless Sea. It's this like weird mm -hmm. Russian indie game where it was basically mafia esque, right? You're like everyone spawned on a boat and had different objectives. And, like, your objective would be, like, oh, convince somebody to, like, sign this letter or something. Or, like, find out who murdered. Like, it's, like, murder mystery, right? Like, you know everyone has their own objectives. And you're, like, on a virtual environment doing the murder mystery thing, right? The thing that was so awesome about that game was that almost everybody that, like, played it, like, decided to, like, do their characters. And, like, literally, like, it would be funny. It would be kind of weird sometimes. But, like, you would... You know, people would, like, just go in and, like, try to play this and, like, play on premium accounts. And, like, if you have a small, dedicated group of people like that, I think you can have some really great experiences. I yeah. mean, that's key for a lot of things. If you can find, like, a subgroup that actually is dedicated and cares, it makes a huge difference. That's yeah. true for any game, though. Yeah. One thing that's kind of similar to that is um, some of the game modes in... My brain just completely stopped working. Gmod, um, like oh, yeah. holy sure. shit, that call. Man, that takes me back. Good call. Yeah, like, like prop hunt or uh, Gmod murder or stuff like that. Well, yeah. I was thinking more something like Guess Who. Where Guess Who? Yeah, yeah. It that's actually very board game esque in a way. Oh, oh my god! I just 
I know this is not me. This is not board game esque, but it's maybe table. Like, okay, what we would consider Simon Says as a game. I mean, that's real life games, right? Like, cause like there, I remember in Counter Strike, and this reminded me of the GMod stuff. But there were these Prison Break servers mm-hmm. where you would role play as a prisoner, and you would be like stuck in like cages and stuff but like the maps were designed for you to break out or find weapons and the other team would be like counter terrorists right but it would always be a smaller group of counter terrorists like for like it's always like a two to one thing and it'd be like you have to listen to what the counter terrorists do or they'll like shoot you and you die right and they basically can kind of order you around but the whole time you're like trying to either break out or like you know stab one of them in the back to like get their gun and then like basically prison break yeah that is very elaborate very cool that is it was some of the most fun because, like, you basically had to have audio in order to be a counter-terrorist. And, like, you know, people would just talk. And, like, the terrorists and the CTs would give each other shit all the time. It was great. I mean, it's fun when you can open up the, the trolling to other groups. I mean, that's just kind of like real-life politics in some ways. Too. But it's, like, it's like <laughs> a lot of—I a lot. I feel like you, with that those dedicated groups of people, like, a lot of these servers, like, the same people tended to join them. So, like, yeah. you know, you would get your regulars and stuff. Um, I think that that is something that is kind of key to games in general to, to kind of create that great experience, that communication. And I think it's something that board games specifically uh, enables you because of the physicality of it, because yeah. you have to find a group of people to play a board game, right? It's something that I think we've actually lost in modern day matchmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, the fact that, counter-strike and like team fortress right like it used to be like oh i always play on this like server i'm hang out here i'm gonna find my friends that are gonna come on this server at like 6 p.m because they always do yeah and like i build my relationships and my friendships towards that i have i've made a lot of friends in counter-strike i don't think i can say that about any battle royale game that has come out sure oh especially not that type of game well at the same time, you're at a very different phase in your life right I now. I mean, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. But I mean, I'm making I'm making friends in Final Fantasy, like in joining a random FC and stuff. But like, I, I think that there is a sense of as we get towards this like new matchmaking and like this sort of like you know, oh, how do we prevent toxicity on the internet? We've also kind of limited the ways we can properly communicate with yeah. each other, and thus also properly build communities. Hundred yeah, percent. And it, it's it's much harder to build a com- an online community. In the platform, you always have to go to like Reddit or somewhere, and that's like toxic as fuck. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh-huh. I think there is there's a market there. So, if you're listening and you're a game designer, there is a market, even if it's just us. Because I would be, <laughs> I'd be very in for something like that. I think that'd be super fun. Yeah. All right. I think that that covers covers board games, at least an intro to board games. I'm sure they'll come up again in in our talks at some point soon. So. Yeah. Any any final closing notes from anyone? What what level spell do I need to be able to become a human again instead of a bugbear? Um. Well, first we gotta kill you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks well, so much for that. listening, everyone. <laughs> See you, you next time. Bye.